On this week's Montana Mint Sports Podcast, we have a great show. It's Cat Grizz. That's all we care about. We'll do our first and ten. We'll look at Cat Grizz, our crowns of the week's past. We'll do the top five Cat Grizz moments in our lifetimes. We'll do our Stamps Watch, our Osweiler Watch. We'll talk playoffs. It's Cat Grizz Week. We can't wait. Let's go. playing us in again a quick shout out to them for playing us in all season and go to kickstarter search laney lou and the bird dogs and help back them in their first full-length studio album any dollar helps they've been awesome in letting us use their music for free so back laney lou and the bird dogs but bear tycoon we have something very very important to talk about this week and i am jacked Ooh, me too buddy tell me what you're tell me what you're jacked about oh it's it's literally my favorite week of the year, of all 52 weeks. Um, yep. Maybe rivaled by 4th of July week. Nope, this blows it out of the water. It does, it really does. It's Cat Grizz week, obviously, is what we're talking about. Um, I, I have butterflies already. I can't wait. We're, so, and we're recording this thing. on Wednesday night. Let me set the stage. I think we both agree with this assessment. So both teams are... Six and four. They are. Overall. Yes. Get seven wins overall. You are in the hunt for the playoffs. You're in I the think hunt based for sure. on based on strength of schedule. Uh, based on similar opponents. I think Montana State, if they win, they're in. Yeah. Montana, if they win, they need some help and they're in. Could that but help be having their athletic director on the selection committee? That could help. There's no Stay scenario. Woke. There's no scenario where either team loses and makes the playoffs. So, at a minimum, they have to win this weekend. They have to beat the other Montana school to get into the playoffs. Do we agree with this premise? Oh well, yeah. Nobody's going to lose and make it in. Because even well, the Grizz winning, they might not make it in. Yes. So yes, both teams cannot lose this game. It's impossible. Okay. On in, the same in general. Page. In general, it would be impossible for both teams to lose. Well, both teams can't lose. Exactly, yes. Yes. All right, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. So So, why are you excited? Why am I excited? I mean, I'd be excited if Montana State was 0-10 going into this game. (laughs) Um, It's just its something about this week. It's so fun um, to wake up Saturday morning and know it's, it's, you know, Cat Grizz Saturday. Uh, When you grow up in Montana, it's, it's that important, and it's... I mean, you circle that weekend on the calendar every single year, uh, regardless of what your team's doing, regardless of what the big sky's doing. It's just, it's like we, we always market Montana Mint. This is, we know this true Super Bowl is Montana, Montana State. And we're here. We're finally here. Yep. Which I can't believe, I can't believe we're already here, to tell you the truth. No. It's still, I still, in my mind, I'm still in August. Like, yeah. I still think we're in the middle of August doing our pregame show. The fact that we're here is awesome. One fun fact, Nate. Ooh. You ready? Uh, yeah. This, the Grizz will be the fifth hardest team the Cats have played this season, based on the Sagarin ratings. Yeah, because they've played a hell of a schedule, which will help them get in the playoffs if they win this game. That's, that may be true. 
This is the Grizz's fourth hardest team that they're playing all season. And it's very close to North Dakota. Montana, Montana State in the Sagarin ratings is 146. North Dakota's 139. So, like, they're kind of close. Um, but, like, the fact that I feel like we know a lot about these teams. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. We know the strength of schedule that they've played. Um, and now they're playing each other in uh, – when was the last time they were this equally ranked going into Cat Grizz? I, just, I can't. I can't Ooh. think of a season they were this equally uh, ranked. Yeah, I guess um, that, that's a good. I, I don't know. That's a great question. I know when Montana State was number one in the country, I think that would have it was a bit an even or an odd year. Would that be two thousand thirteen? Mm. One of those years, Montana State was ranked number one in the country. The Grizz came in and handed it to them. Um, but I feel like that was pretty evenly matched. I know the Grizz weren't like horrible that year. Wait, was that the year that Bleskin was the quarterback? Ooh, that was 15. Um, that was 15. 2011, then. Okay. So yeah, 11, Montana right. State came in as the number one ranked team. The Grizz came in and beat them 36-10. 36-10, to 10. Yep. yeah. So, but, but people forget. People forget that game was vacated. Well, well, no one remembers that it was vacated because no one cares. Well, yeah. it was vacated. It's not even a win on the record. It never happened. So, really, the last time they came in this evenly matched, never happened. If you look at the stats that are put out by the Bobcats for this game, if you look at 2011, 10 to 36, then there's an asterisk, which I'd imagine signifies that it doesn't count. That was a road game. And then there's a percentage sign, which then you have to go down to the bottom of this page. The key. I hope that people can hear me shuffling through my papers. Why are you? And there it says, UM UM win vacated. I print out all my stats. I'm old school. That's green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So, no, it was vacated. Who cares? We won. I do. Well, no, nobody won. Did you celebrate when we vacated the loss? Actually, I I actually remember when they vacated that loss, and I was like, hell yeah. That's almost like a three-game winning streak right there because we won in 10 and 12, and there you go. This is one of the biggest wins in the – Past 15 years for the Bobcats. It's when the Grizz vacated their 26-point victory. Can't argue with that, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> Let's get to first and 10. Oh, yeah. We're uh, going retro. Please do. We're going retro. We're going back to what our bread and butter, what got us here in the first place. Second and 10 was confusing because it'd be like my first down on the second and 10. We're going yeah. back to first 10. First and 10. This is... This is way clearer for everybody. Yeah, way clearer. We, we're trying to shake it up. We're going first and 10, and I'm going to go first. Okay. Winner, winners, go for it. winners go first, right? Go for it. Take it, make it. Uh, make it, take it. So my number one is just throwing it back to the last time Montana won the Cat Grizz game. We're going all the way back to November 21st, 2015. Uh, and this is how long ago this was. The number one song in the country on that date was Hello by Adele. Okay. That's still a long my time favorite ago. song. Yep. Uh, Barack Obama was still president. Yes. The good old days. And Bob Stitt was still the head coach. It was his first year as head coach. That was his You're first correct. year head coach. That was, yeah. the year they, yeah. that was the year they beat North Dakota State in that opening game, lost a couple, had a furious run at the end there, uh, beat the yep. Cats in Bozeman, and then um, made the playoffs. to make the playoffs. They beat South, South Dakota State and then lost uh, in their rematch against the Bison. Yeah, so that was not that long ago. The good old ago. days for Grizz fans. It's been a little while. Yep. Um, so, well... 
I mean, Adele, Hello by Adele was the song, and if that came on your radio today, you're turning it off. And that's how many times it's been played between now and 2015. Ooh, I disagree. If that song comes on the radio today, I'm turning it up. And had the Bobcats won in 2015, that would have been the first game in a three-game winning streak instead of a loss and then the beginning of a two-game winning streak, which they're currently on. The last time the Bobcats had a three-game winning streak against the Grizzlies was in the mid-1980s. Both you and I were alive, but not walking, not potty trained. It was like 1983 to 85. So Correct, yes. Pretty pretty good win in my memory from the Grizzlies. My well, uh, first... My first can remember it. Nope, nope, Jerry's telling us to move on. Well, first, well. first and ten for me. Uh, this is a shout-out to the seniors from the Grizz. We have had a, a good streak here in Missoula uh, with strong senior players. I just want to give a shout-out to... Keenan Curran, Reed Miller, Caleb Hill, Elijah Lee, Evan Epperly, Eric Williams, Josh Buss. Let me emphasize Josh Buss again. Josh Buss. Kyle Davis, Shane Cochran, David Shaw, Reggie Tillman. These guys are all uh, seniors, all graduating. They've all played big roles in the Grizz over the past few years. It's been fun to watch them. We've had some troubling uh, games and outcomes in terms of seasons, but these teams have been Pretty fun to watch. So just wanted to give a shout out to those guys. Yeah, and Montana State celebrated their senior day last week with a win over um, Northern Colorado. So shout out to all the seniors there as well. Wow, what a win. Well, you get, yeah, we can talk about that later. Um, okay. But Okay, so we talked about it a little bit, but on my second and 10 is playoff predictions. So the Cats win and Stats has them, Stats, S-T-A-T-S, that uh, online FCS kind of, where you go for your FCS news, I guess. They have them, if they win this game this weekend, they'll be hosting a first-round game against San Diego in Bozeman, which would be absolutely amazing. After Thanksgiving, driving up to Bozeman, checking out some playoffs. Uh, The Grizz, if they win this game, are still on the outside looking in. Um, That strength of schedule is hurting them a little bit, um, and I think that's what makes it so that they're not a win and in automatically, where I think a lot of people think if the Cats win, we're going to the playoffs. And uh, I know you have a little bit in your in your second and ten about stats and the playoff prediction, but man, when I when we started this year in that first game against uh, Wagner, and then going oh, yeah. and then going into um, South Dakota State, I never thought that this team would be even in the playoff conversation. And after that loss against Idaho State, we played the Peanuts music. Uh, very sad. I never thought that this would be a playoff win an end game and it ups the level of excitement tenfold well just to show the amount of fandom there in bozeman to correct the record montana state started with a victory over western illinois then a loss oh, to south yeah. dakota state and then a win against wagner Whatever. but you're right otherwise it's been so long um, we we did think that they were gonna they they were gonna stink to to begin yeah. the year but it's interesting the way the fcs playoffs works is that so 24 teams make it, eight teams get a bye, 16 teams play in the first round, and the eight home teams are not based on any seeding or any ranking or head-to-head. It's all based on the amount of money that they think, the FCS thinks that it can make based on the game. So yeah. if Montana State or Montana gets into the playoffs as the 24th ranked out of 24 teams, they should get a, get a home, home game, game because they're going to sell out. Well, there's so, no way they wouldn't get a home game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a crazy system that benefits us, but... Um, we'll just, take it. Yeah, taking... It's basically, you're, get, it's basically you're getting rewarded for having fans. Yeah, so... And I'll take right, it. So that's your, 
That's my that second and ten, and it's exciting. Second first and ten. Yep. My second first and ten is uh, this will be a quick one because uh, Jerry needs us to move along. But Bobby Houck, um, just a little shout out to him. Bobby Houck last week in the For win what? against Idaho became the winningest coach in Montana history. 86 wins. I'm sure at the beginning of the year he assumed that win would have come against, I don't know, Portland State or uh, at North Dakota, or maybe he thought he was going to get it uh, at UC or at home against UC Davis. But it took him a few extra wins to get it. Good for him. Uh, you uh, know, Don Reed I think is the most iconic coach in school history. But Bobby Houck definitely has carved himself out a a uh, spot on the Mount Rushmore of ooh. best coaches in Montana history. So good for him. It's a it's a testament to him, and I think he will probably get eighty seven this weekend. Go ahead, Nate. Well, does it tar? I mean, yeah, it's cool that he just got the record for most wins uh, in Montana history. It is cool. Coach. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. But it took him two times to do it. So people forget that he was coach one time before, and then left, and then was horrible at the FBS level. And then had to come back down. So while you say he carved himself out a nice little legacy for the Grizz, I think he already had his legacy, and now he's tarnishing it a little bit. Took him a while to get that win, 87th win. Took him two times. He had to come back to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I know, but took I feel two, pretty good about it. Took two terms as a Grizzly head coach to get there. Okay. Iffy. People forget. All right, so people, my number, remember. People, people remember it took him two times. Uh, my third <laughs> down, my third on first and ten is that Sac State game last weekend uh, actually got canceled. I'm up here uh, in the Sacramento area uh, on last weekend, and the smoke was absolutely horrible. So first and foremost, thoughts out to everybody up in northern and southern California who are dealing with these horrendous fires. I know we have a bunch of Montana firefighters heading up uh, to northern California Yep. Uh, to help them fight those fires. So shout out to them as well. They're going to miss Shout out to those boys family. and yeah. gals, yes. That's insane. And so football was obviously a very small part of anything going on in Northern California last weekend, but that Sac State game against Northern Arizona got canceled. It was interesting enough that both those teams are so far out of contention, which at the beginning of the year, if you would have said the second last game between Northern Arizona and Sac State got smoked out, that you would think that, that was going to be a really important game. It yeah. wasn't. They're probably not going to replay it because neither team really matters in the grand scheme of things. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend because Sac State is at UC Davis in the Causeway Classic. There's still a ton of smoke up in Northern California. We'll see if they still play the game. This one has implications because if Sacks or if UC Davis wins this game, they get a share of the Big Sky title and it'll be their first ever Big Sky Conference title since they joined the Big Sky in 2010-ish, I think. Yeah. So it'll be early 2012, I think. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, um, you know. These fires are getting under control. Again, there's a lot bigger things than football, but we're talking, we're on a football podcast, so hopefully um, they can get that, those fires controlled. Hopefully this game can go on. We'll see if UC Davis can get their uh, first conference championship. Okay, I think that's, uh, you know, I don't have much to add to that. Well, yeah. it, it was weird to see a game canceled. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of talking. Bad. Oh, my gosh. Uh, before the, the pod started, it's like when you're looking back on statistics in, you know, like baseball, and it's like, oh, well, this season was canceled because of a strike, or these two World Series were canceled because of World War II. It's, uh, it's easy to think when you're watching sports and following sports that this is all that matters, but there is real life that uh, interjects in all this. So to shout out to the Northern California area, uh, hopefully, 
uh, the game this weekend happens because I think UC Davis deserves to beat the shit out of Northern Arizona. Sac State. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's Sac their State. rivalry game. You forget. You forget that's yeah, yeah. even a rivalry. <laughs> Everyone forgets. But uh, I, I think they deserve to get that win. And um, hopefully they're, they're provided that opportunity. Um, but my next, my third first and ten is going out to Samuel Akem. So, Nate, throughout this year on this podcast, you have uh, talked about the Grizz passing game. You've talked a lot about Jerry Louis McGee not living up to expectations, not living up to his That was one time. I want to give you a quick little refresher in Grizz receiving history. So Samuel Akem has 12 touchdowns on this season. He's a sophomore. He redshirted his first year. He had two touchdowns last year as a redshirt freshman. So he's at 14. He is on pace for 28 touchdowns. And if you kind of do a advanced pace, he'll, he should get over that. He should get into his 30s. That would bring him into the most pass reception touchdowns in Montana history. And now you're looking at some pretty good players in this conversation. 29 touchdowns, Mark Mariani. 26, you have... A2 Molden, uh, some guys from the early 90s who <laughs> Dave Dickinson could pronounce. But we, we have some good, some good receivers here. Jerry Louis McGee, number one in the fans' heart. He, when it comes to receptions, when it comes to passing yards, he's right there in the all-time list. But I think this Samuel Kim has some big-time potential to be a all-time Grizz great. So who who's catching all who's who's caught twelve touchdown passes for Montana State this year? Um, that's a good nobody. Um, I don't believe that we need to pass the ball to win games and make the playoffs. That's my quick answer is no. We don't have any receivers. It'd be really hard to play wide receiver at Montana State. Uh, you know, yeah, my boy Kevin Cassis. Had he get the ball thrown to him, I think he would have thirteen touchdowns. One more than Samuel Kim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so nobody. Kevin Cassis would if he if a, if a linebacker wasn't playing quarterback. Um, okay. Wait, without without looking it up, there's no chance that Montana State has 12 receiving touchdowns as a team, right? I would assume not. I would assume that they probably have five to six. Yeah, I think that Anderson has two on the year now, so. Okay. I'll check, but I have nobody my mouse on to your my next laptop. One. Um, my number four, my fourth one. So Montana State, with that win over uh, Northern Colorado last weekend, uh, gets their first winning season since 2014. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a thank you. I appreciate that. But I was thinking about that, and it still just doesn't feel great. Like, I don't think that any team, either team, Montana or Montana State, should be judged a successful season just by the fact that they got over 500. And I understand oh, it's yeah. been like four years coming. Oh, me coming. too. Uh, so it feels a little dirty when people made that uh, comment that, you know, this is Montana State's first winning season and that that was like a goal or that was anything that was worth celebrating. So I did not pop any champagne last weekend after that win against Northern Colorado. Um, I don't think it gets any recruits to your school if you're like, hey, we had a winning season or anything like that. So um, just wanted to sh- did want to point it out that it is the first winning season since uh, 2014. Um, we want conference titles, we want playoffs, we want a lot more than the winning season, but worth mentioning that it is the first one in like four years. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is the, the highlight of the Jeff Jode era. And I think that so this far, game yeah. against Montana, um, you know, every year he's had like a shitty season. And it's been, he's saved it at the end of the year with a win against the Grizz. And now it's like, well, you know, if he does or doesn't beat the Grizz, like this was a pretty good year, all things considered, for Montana State standards. Um, Lately, I just, I, recent Montana State standards. Well, sure. I mean, under the Jeff Choate era, who you guys all love. Um, so I think we there's just give more. Our coaches time. I think there's more pressure on him this year than in the past two years because. Well, yeah, I think if you have a chance are, to make the playoffs. That's a massive chance to really get some job security and all that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I agree with you there. yeah, yeah. Um, You're on to number my four. next one. Four number four. Uh, my number four. I mean, I don't have too much more to say about Jeff Choate than I've said all season, that he's a uh, baby back bitch that is a fake football guy that tries to be a cool football coach. But my number four in the first and ten is Josh Buss, Grizz linebacker. Holy moly, this guy's had a great career. Um, he's been so much fun to watch. And he right now is on the top ten list for the Grizz in terms of tackles for a loss. And if he get, he's tied right now for number four with Croy Bierman, NFL Pro Bowler Croy Bierman, at 45. If he gets one tackle for a loss against the Bobcats, he moves up into the number three spot or number four spot. Has it all to himself. Uh, he needs to get four, which is probably a stretch uh, in a single game to move into the number three slot. But Josh Buss, this may be your last game as a Grizz, win or lose. Uh, and it's just been an absolute pleasure to to watch you play. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's fine. But he only had, what's he, one and two against the Cats? Ooh, he'd be a hell of a quarterback for the Bobcats. <laughs> he's only one and two against the Montana State Bobcats. Now so that I think about it, no, you're right. He he'll be, be like, a really good, when they, he'd be a really good when quarterback. When they lose to the Cats this weekend, he'll actually have the reverse of our great quarterback, uh, Travis Lule, who went three and one against uh, the Grizz and uh, Bus will leave as one and three against the Cats, which you know, can you really have a legacy if you went one and three against the Bobcats? Yeah, with this, with these numbers, you can stats and stats, individual stats. That's what you guys are going for these days. What's your number five? My number five is my homeboy. Speaking of individual statistics, <laughs> my homeboy <laughs> Troy Anderson. So he eclipsed the thousand-yard rushing mark last week uh, at the, in that Northern Colorado game. He's number twelve in the whole country right now in rushing with a thousand ninety-two yards. He's number three in the country in rushing touchdowns at sixteen, which is ridiculous numbers. And it makes you think, like. Montana State, so Montana State will obviously have a quarterback next year. It's not going to be Troy Anderson at quarterback. Don't you have to keep him at running back and not linebacker when he performs this well at running back? It's unbelievable. Uh, it's a. I think it's hard to. I think him. he will be your quarterback next year. There's no way. There's no chance that he's the quarterback next year. But um, that's for next year's podcast. But uh, so when I look back at who the Grizz have played this year and the running backs, two players are ahead of Troy in rushing yards that the Grizz have played. Uh, number uh, Elijah Dotson is one yard ahead of Troy Anderson in rushing, so he's at 1,093 yards. He's like number 10 in the country. 
He ran for 234 yards and three touchdowns on the Grizz. And then Joe Prothrow, my homie, is the number one rusher in FCS with 1,600 yards. He scored three touchdowns against the Grizz. Does this make you nervous that since everybody in that top 12 has run all over you guys when they played you, that Troy Anderson is going to run all over you just like everybody else, every other Cats team has the last two years? Oh, yeah. No, this makes me super nervous. And we'll get into this a little more uh, later in the pod when we talk about this game specifically. But, yeah, I think the Grizz are super vulnerable against the run. I think Trey Anderson is a is a I'm gonna Trey Anderson is a special type of player. Um and he can run over the top of anybody. So the last thing I'd say, uh, just on this is my fifth first and ten. I have a lot more Trey Anderson thoughts coming up, but my fifth first and ten, uh it was talking about playoffs earlier. I probably should have mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but it's like, look, the Grizz need to win and they need some help. What does that help mean? Well, you know, I don't really follow the other conferences because I don't care what Stetson is doing throughout the year. I don't care what Northwestern State is doing throughout the year or San Diego. I care about the Big Sky Conference. Specifically, I care about Montana. So I innocently asked uh, uh, this guy named Greg Haley, uh, who is the FCS expert, in the country, uh, what 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 would it take? Like, what needs to happen for Montana to make it? Who else would need to lose? And he just responded to me on Twitter. He was like, "Uh, I think it's pretty obvious." It's like, uh, not super obvious, Craig. Greg, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it would take. I don't know what Alcorn State or the Citadel needs to do. I want you to tell me. Um, and I've done some research, but I'm sure it's inadequate. I'm sure you're gonna get all fired up when, when you listen to this podcast, when you do. Um, I just want someone to tell me what the grid, what needs to happen for the Grizz to make it. Um, so anyways, I think we're going to move on to our next section. So yeah, let's get to, let's, let's briefly touch. We're going to obviously get to the biggest game, but briefly touch. Last week, Montana State came off a win over Northern Colorado, 35 to 7. Wasn't much of a Nobody ever thought that was going to be much of a game. It's Northern Colorado. They're a perennial punchline. The Grizzlies are coming off a win over former, last year, FBS Idaho. Pretty convincing fashion. There was never any worry there on the road in the Kibbe Dome. So both uh, both teams actually the last two weeks have had pretty easy wins. Montana State beating Cal Poly and the Grizzlies beating Southern Utah. So we come into this game. We don't. It was good to get the boat for both teams to get some momentum with those two quote-unquote easy wins. Yep over some of the bottom teams in the Big Sky Conference. And then it all comes down to the brawl of the wild, the 118th Cat Grizz game. Did you know that, 118? Oh, I did know that. Yep, I did my research. There you go. So I have a big thing on my notes that says 118. It's Cat Grizz. What do you want to, what do you want to touch on first? So I think that we should point out that right now the Grizz are six-point favorites. The game is obviously in Missoula. Um, I think that that line is ridiculous. I I think the Cats should be favored on the road in Missoula. I think that the Grizz have a chance to win this game. Um, but I think the Cats are the better team. They're ranked in the top 25. The Grizz are not. They have the same record, but the Grizz are 0-2. Or I'm sorry, 1-2 against like opponents when it comes to Montana State. 2-2. Two and two. Who who are the like opponents? Western Illinois. Yeah. Portland State. 
Oh, did you guys play Idaho, Southern Utah? Cal Poly. Nope. Idaho and Cal Poly. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so two and two. So two and two, yeah. And I had that as my point, too, so thank you for helping me. Yeah, but I mean, one. that Portland State. <laughs> that Portland State. Uh, did you, uh, What was your record against those teams? 4 no. 4 no. Okay, so this is really good radio. But the, uh, <laughs> the, the Grizz have two more losses against like opponents. Um, it is... It, uh, we can get into the strengths and weaknesses of both teams, but the the fact that the Grizz are favored by almost a touchdown to me is ridiculous. Yeah, I was very surprised with that. I would have thought, just with the records and the conference records and everything, and uh, you would have maybe opened up with the Grizz being two point favorites, three point favorites because the game's in Washington Grizzly um, Stadium. But uh, when it opened up at seven, now I think it went up to eight. Now it's down to six point favorites. I was very surprised, but I don't think Vegas. Uh, I mean, as we've seen throughout the year, Vegas doesn't quite hit their FCS lines right on their head like they do, you know, for NFL or FBS football. So I agree with you that I, I don't think the Cats should be the dogs here. I think they're coming in. They got two two in a row under their belt. Um, you know, it's it is the return of Hauk, and he knows what this rivalry means. And I think that Stitt didn't quite get it, and I know that Ash didn't quite get it when he was a Montana State coach. Yeah. So I think this one is going to be really fun in the sense that it's too... You, you said Choate's a fake football guy, but I think he he's a real football guy. He knows what this means for Montana. Hauk knows what it means for Montana. It's two it's two guys understand it, which, is, well, which makes this one way, way different. I think they both know what it means for the state, but I would say about Jeff Choate, I feel like Jeff Choate, and I might have said this on the pod before because I say it all the time, I feel like he read a book titled How to Be a Football Guy and he just like falls the advice from that day to day, week to week. <laughs> you have and you have not said that on the pod, but it is because kind of funny. I, I just like don't <laughs> buy him as a football 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 guy, despite the fact that he's like, you know, oh, we got to throw out these two wins against the Grizz. Oh, like it's all about the team. Like blah blah blah. Look at my look at my cool goatee. Look at my cool hashtags. Like I just don't buy him as an actual football guy. I don't know what it is, but. Um, I'm not super He's impressed. He's too new school them. for you. But He's too new school for so you. So I think that, look, I think that in college football, it's all about exploiting the other team's weakness. And when you look at Montana State. In most sports it is. Yeah, but I mean, once you get to the pros, once you get to FBS level, like the talent level is, is so high at every position. Like your weakness is not really a weakness. Where the FCS, there can be major weaknesses um even at the fbs there can be major weaknesses but um fcs for sure i think if you look at the bobcats on paper their weakness because you print everything out their weakness because i'm looking at at paper their weakness is their passing game and it's the quarterback but i think that's misleading Uh, you think i think that's misleading because it's not like troy anderson is nathan peterman He's not a bad quarterback. He's a, he's a, he. Let me clarify. He is bad at throwing the ball. Very. He's bad at his quarterback rating. Uh, he's bad at every metric when it comes to being a passer. But he's not Nathan Peterman in the sense that the Bobcats are basically running like a weird option, like an <laughs> option type offense where we know what's coming. We know it's like when you play Cal Poly, you know they're running the ball. You don't know necessarily the direction it's going to go or who's going to have it, but you know they're running it. Uh, Montana State is going to beat the Grizz 
on the ground. We know that. That is how they will be. Just like the last two years. Yeah. And Troy Anderson, despite the fact that he is one of the worst quarterbacks in all of the FCS, has this skill set that kind of transcends the position. Like, you can be a bad passing like a, quarterback I, if you are a monster running quarterback or just a monster such runner, a, period. And it's such a lazy comparison, but it's so true, the Tebow effect. When you have that inspirational leader who's just going to try and get it done any way possible and just doesn't fail, even though everything should say that he should fail at being a quarterback, yeah, has somehow gotten the Cats to a 6-4 and four record going into Cat Grizz with a chance to make the playoffs. So let me ask you this, Nate, because I think that when it comes to weaknesses for the Grizz, um, I think that if you look at kind of across the board, I think the Grizz match up super well against the Bobcats. But over the course of the season, the Grizz have made more mistakes and turned the ball over more than the Bobcats, or at least turned the ball over more in uh, games that mattered and situations that mattered. If on Saturday the turnover margin is even, and they're say it's like two turnovers for both teams, who do you think wins? Uh, I mean, <laughs> two turnovers each, that's a lot. I think if one team has two, I mean, this is kind of obvious. If one team has two turnovers uh, and the other team takes advantage, it's obviously going to be that team with zero turnovers. I think. Um, well, that's not the, that's ten, not the question. That, that is. I know. That's but an I don't easy know if question. Te- answer, if they had, right? yeah, I know. But be. each team had, if t- each team had two turnovers, lost two turnovers. I mean, I have no idea. Well, let's say, let's so say many, neither team. That's has a hard one to answer. Let's say neither team has a turnover. Okay, that's that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I think of no. Uh, this is such an evenly matched game. Like you look down their statistics. Nothing is that far apart. You just flip, you know, Montana State's obviously better at running the ball. UM is obviously better at passing the ball. Montana State's better at pass defense. UM's better at rush defense. It's so even everywhere you look. Um, I think that Montana State's defense the last couple of weeks has shown that they can get turnovers. They're going to end the season now uh, in the plus side for turnovers, which is something that hasn't happened the last couple of years. Uh, the cornerbacks are playing great right now. I think if there's... Um, a weakness for the Cats right now. We were talking about weaknesses. Is that UM speed with uh, you know Jerry Lou McGee and Sulcer uh, from senior? Is that our linebackers are slow and those guys are hella fast. So I think that's one big. Well, not to thing mention there. that and Dalton Sneed has rushed. He rushed for two hundred yards in a yeah, game this year. But I think I also think that because he's overshadowed he, by. Trey Anderson, but Dalton Sneed can put the ball on the ground and he run. He can run. But the games that he struggled in, those teams had some spy on him. They were containing him. And, I, I mean, obviously the coaches know that going in and you have to not let Dalton Sneed run, make him throw it. He's going to make some mistakes, uh, hopefully, in that passing game. But um, I think the Montana offensive line can get dominated by the, the Cats' D uh, D line. So I think if they can get to Sneed and not let him get out once they get to him, it's not about the sacks. It's more about just making him uncomfortable the back there. Because he has the weapons to beat the Montana State secondary. You, you talked about it, Kim. Uh, and then Louis McGee and Sulcer being so fast. I'm scared of Sulcer. Um, God, he's fast. And he's, we're going to be watching him for a while. So I think yep. if you're talking about the weaknesses, UM's O-line is the weakness. Montana State's linebackers are the weakness. This is going to be such an evenly matched game, though. And I think that's why if this was played on a neutral field, it'd be a pick'em in my book. Yeah. And that's why I would have thought the Grizz would open up it. Maybe two-point favorites because it's in Missoula. 
Okay. So let me ask you this. So that was a really long answer for a question that started out with what if both teams turn it over twice. Yeah, that was a super long answer, which makes makes me think that you're very worried about this game. But all right, so Jeff Choke has his first Well, I'm not going into it thinking like it's a just done deal. Jeff Choate has his first, a tough game. first winning season overall um, as a head coach. Uh, he's currently 4-3 and three in the Big Sky. So if he loses, he goes to 500 in the Big Sky. His overall number, uh, of course, includes a dramatic win against Wagner uh, this year. So that's super impressive. But Jeff Choate... He took care of business at home against a very inferior opponent. If, if he loses... Drops to six and five overall, four and four in the conference. This is then uh, three years in a row of pretty like unimpressive overall record for a head coach, um, and he doesn't have the Grizz game to end the season with that momentum to end the season. Is he playing for his job next year? Uh, I think his eligibility is out. He might be coaching for his job next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, I don't think he would be. I think I just don't think that Costello and the Boosters are going to just try go back to ground zero again with a new coach if they don't make the playoffs in 19 or have a successful season in 19. Uh, I mean, that, that obviously, I mean, if they go over in 19, he's obviously gone. If they go under 500, he's gone. So I guess in that sense, you're always coaching for your job, but... Um, which is funny because part of my take always talks about that. But uh, I don't think they want to be a UM where they freak out and have to start all over. And you saw what happened. They fired Stitt, and now the Grizz are 6-4, and 4-3. Four, four and three uh, But, I mean, to be fair, again. it's not like UM has a long history of firing coaches and moving on. I mean, most coaches either... Well, in the last decade, they have, Either move on uh, to a fired. FBS position or retire. One, two did. Or one was... Let go during a nationwide sexual abuse scandal, and Jeff, or uh, I'm sorry, Bob Stitt was fired. Yeah, but Stitt came in and came and got a program that had just gone through all that kind of stuff, and I mean, yeah, it wasn't up to the Montana Grizz fans and Denny Washington's uh, hopes, and then he still got fired, which I thought they were kind of on the precipice of doing bigger things, and so I don't, I I would think the Montana State learned a lesson there, and they're not just gonna fire a coach. Because they haven't gotten to like the you know the national title contender talk yet, I don't think he's on the hot seat at all. The Grizz seven and four last season did not make the playoffs. Six and five the year before, uh, year before that, in Stitt's first season, uh, were hold on, I'm just looking this up. Were seven and four and made the playoffs. So. Seven and four is not guaranteed to get in, but I th- I think that Bobby Houck does not need the victory as much as Jeff Choate does. Jeff Choate has a bad winning percentage as a coach for Montana State, and he has two Grizz victories that he is hanging on to. Bobby Houck, this would be if he beats the Bobcats and they don't make the playoffs this season's a success. Um, yeah, I mean it's kind of like when but he's, Choate's first season. If he doesn't beat the Grizz, it's not like. It was bigger for Stitt that first year uh, when Cho came in. Than, than. So, yeah, I agree. When it's in your first year and you're taking over a program that has to be built back up, then you don't have a ton of pressure. And I mean, this is massive for Cho to try and make the playoffs in his third year with the Cats. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so 
important for for recruiting for momentum. I mean, this game means a lot more to the Montana State than I mean. I know the Grizz are trying to get off a two game slide against the Cats, and I know it's Hauk, and I know it's the Super Bowl of Montana, but this game means way more for the Cats and their their plans for long term success than than anything that will happen to the Grizz if they lose this game. Can you believe that the year? So Bob Stitt's first year. Sorry to go back to Bob Stitt. I just kind of miss him. But his first year, <laughs> he beat the Bobcats, stomped yeah. them, fifty-four to thirty-five. The week yep. before, he, got ash fired. <laughs> the week before, he beat Eastern Washington, who was ranked number ten in the country. They were the top-ranked uh, Big Sky school. He beat them fifty-seven to sixteen. That was also yeah. the year that the Grizz beat North Dakota at home. It's just and like... you got rid of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, things can change so quick in Missoula where I think that you may be overvaluing... Whatever Jenny Washington feels like. ...first two years. There's either a completely depressed expectation in Bozeman um, or I think that Jeff Choate needs this win to really... I disagree. ...to really make a name for himself. I don't think it's de- I don't think it's depressed expectations in Bozeman compared to Missoula. I think it's Montana State's appreciation of trying to build back up a culture. Those guys were not playing for Ash. He lost that locker room when he got fired. The whole program was in disarray. Choate basically got rid of every Ash player, basically, and is building this program back up. And if you look at what the players are saying, they're building something in Bozeman. They're saying it's done the right way. Every player has each other's back. If you saw what Ash was doing to that program, or not what specifically he was doing, but what those Ash teams were like with Cramsey and all that, <laughs> this is, it's not tempered, or it's not depressed expectations, it's different expectations. And I think they have a little more patience for a coach to come in and build something where, and they don't have like the Denny Washington who will just make you change your coach. Bobcats started out the year ranked number 11, ranked number one in the big sky in 2015. Um, so give me your prediction for for this week. Uh, this weekend, Bobcats are certainly, they're, I mean, ranked for the first time in how long? Ranked number 25. Wow. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, yeah, they broke in. Yep. They head-to-head have a better record than the Grizz. Head-to-head, when it comes to stats, they're about even. So it seems like things are breaking for the Bobcats. But what is your prediction against Montana this weekend? Uh, I do think the Cats can run on them. We saw it the last couple of years. Even I know that it's a new coach, new system, all that, blah, blah. Um, but Montana uh, State was able to run on them, even when they knew, even when it was Chris Murray. I don't think Troy Anderson is like that drastic of a fallout from Chris Murray. I know Murray is more of a threat to throw. And it was a little bit different in how he got out of the pocket. Um, but uh, I think the Cats have a great chance to win this game. My prediction, my official prediction... Um, I'm going to say that Montana State's going to win their ninth Cat Grizz game while I've been alive. We're going to go nine for 34. And Montana State's going to win this game 17-14. Ooh, so you are hammering the under. Oh, the, the over-under is 60 Which is on this insane. game. And I'm, oh, go first on your prediction, and then I want to tell you a strategy for happiness. Okay, so I think the... If that's not a cliffhanger. Yeah, everyone is everyone's <laughs> super excited. I think that uh, no doubt uh, the Bobcats have the momentum going into this game, but um, I, I just I don't think that the Grizz can handle Troy Anderson. I think, it's, I think that the over is in play. I think the Grizz are going to 
have a field day offensively against Montana State, who has a a good, not great defense. Um, and I will go. I will go thirty-five, thirty-two, Montana with a victory. All right, so you're hammering the over. Well, I'm tepidly going over, but yes. Tepidly, okay. So here's, I was talking to my buddy the other day um, about the game and everything. He asked me what the line was, and I told him what it was. And he goes, oh, man, we need to bet the Cats then. I go, here's my thought, though. What if I just put $1,000 on the Grizz to win straight up? Okay. Even go down to 500 It's a little more affordable. I mean, Let's I'm in go so with the original story. Okay, $1,000 on the Grizz to win. As a, as a cat fan, if Montana State loses that game, I'm making $1,000. Okay. Montana State wins that game, I basically just paid $1,000 for Montana State to win, which I think money sometimes can buy you happiness, <laughs> and you can buy those kind of wins. It's almost like a no-fail. So even if you took it down to 500 if you wanted to make it a little more affordable, if you paid $500 for Montana State to beat the Grizz, would you do it? So in your situation, would you do the opposite? Would I just pay $500 so the Grizz would win? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this bet is perfect. You put 500 bucks on the Cats to win straight up. If the Grizz lose, you make 500 on the bet. If the Grizz win, you basically just paid $500 for the happiness of the Grizz winning. I don't know what the cosmic uh, effects of me... True. That's a good point. I didn't think yeah, about no, that. I'm, I'm in generally with this idea. Okay. I'm not going to do it probably, but it was a thought. That $500 is a lot of money. Well, you have to have some skin in the game. You can't just put like 20 bucks on it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, 120 bucks on my team loss. Like, it's not going to work. You got you to gotta, you gotta up the ante. All right. Who, uh, let's talk kind of playoff odds in a second, but why don't we do our crowns for the week? All right, let's do it. So you are up first. Ooh, this is a lot of pressure. Team I was crown, not expecting, right? Team I was crown. not expecting to get into the crowns, but uh, when it comes to the team crown, how can't you give it to Eastern Washington after yeah. what they did last week? I mean – it was a great matchup between them and UC Davis. Everyone was super excited. On paper. On paper. On paper. And then Eastern Washington with their backup quarterback dominated. Uh, it's exactly what you want the best them. team in the big sky to do. Uh, how can you give it to anybody but our guys at Eastern Washington? So I'm going with them. Yeah, and I have to agree with you there. We're going we're gonna to do one of our last crowns of the week. Agreeing on Eastern Washington. They beat my crush, UC Davis. I, If you remember two weeks ago, I put the G chain on UC Davis running the table and going undefeated in conference. Ooh, and I think I, I gave the G chain on them not doing that. But Yeah, you took the field, which is really, really you know, risky of you. But yeah, yep. so it brought back UC Davis, Eastern Weber into a 6-1 conference tie. Um, so yeah, I have to give it to Eastern Washington as well. There's, there's no doubt about that one. Who do you? Who are you giving it to? It player wise. This one was a tough one for me. You know, I wanted to be the guy that uh, didn't just be a homer and give it to uh, someone on the Bobcats, but I'm giving oh, stop. it. I am. I'm going to give it to Troy. <laughs> only because he got over a thousand yards rushing with this game. 104 oh, yards. What a hero! Only 13 carries for 104 yards. So he averaged eight a carry, three touchdowns. All over Northern Colorado. We know Northern Colorado is a power when it comes to his rushing defense, and he, he ran all over him. That's humiliating. You should be ashamed. For Northern Colorado, yes, it is. Yeah, you should be ashamed that that is what you have brought the, the chain into for the week. You want to know that it's, it's a crown, so that's humiliating. You don't even know what segment we're in. 
And to be honest with you, I wrote it down, but I can't find my notes. Who <laughs> I wanted to give the player crown to. Oh, perfect. Well, so I'm going to give it to the that was on the fly. I'm going to give you. it to the obvious Troy? winner for the week. Number one rusher in the big sky per game. Number one last week, Joe Prothro, fullback well, from Cal Poly, who had a monster game I didn't see against that. Idaho State. Not only did he rush for over 200 yards in the game, he ran for 260. <laughs> That's a lot. On 41 carries as a fullback, which is hilarious. Um, but they beat Idaho State, which we'll get into in a second, uh, has some playoff implications for Definitely. both the Bobcats huge. and the Grids. The fact that Idaho State lost... That was a huge loss. The reason that I the reason why I didn't choose Joe, who everybody knows he's he's one of my favorite players, was that it took him 41 carries to get there. He averaged 6.3 per rush. Troy averaged eight. So, oh wow! And Troy scored two more touchdowns than him. Yeah, against a powerful Northern Colorado team. Speaking of powerful, if you want to make a power play in the great city of Butte, America, <laughs> Nate, what hotel are you staying at? I'm definitely staying at the Hotel Finland, Ooh, located in yeah. The, the biggest power move in all of Butte, the Hotel Finland, oh, located okay. in luxurious Uptown. Historic Butte, Uptown. Did we say Not downtown. I don't know. It's Uptown. Uptown, Butte, Montana. Hotel Finland offers affordable, luxurious, and lax options at the same price or cheaper than the dumb old chain hotels you can find along the interstate. I don't know why you would stay along the interstate when you can stay at the Hotel Finland. Hotel Finland's locally owned and operated. It's an absolute no-brainer. Why do you stay there, Nate? I like to walk up and get some of the best eats and drinks in Montana. And yep. we talked about Uptown. It's the second largest historic district in the United States. So I always like to walk up to the Finland, take a picture, put it on Instagram, and say, hey, I'm in the second largest historic district in the USA. Take Lots myself of likes. To oh, ton, man, you have no idea. If you want some likes, stay at the Finland and go to the Cavalier Lounge where they recently, well, not recently anymore, it's already installed, everybody loves it, the Smooth Hoperator, a contraption that infuses your beer with fresh fruit and ingredients and chills it to the perfect temperature. Um, one time I actually Instagrammed that and got some of my record likes when I did a Smooth Hoperator with some mint-infused uh, wheat beer. Oh yeah, mint for the mint, it's an absolute no-brainer. But it's like, look, you can go to any bar and get a good beer. You can go to basically any bar listen to some good music. The Cavalier Lounge, which is attached to the Hotel Finland, has both, and it also just has this nostalgic factor, this great glamorous hotel factor. It is awesome. Uh, the best thing about them is they are just this local hustler trying to make a cool Montana hotel work, uh, and they support brands like us, like the Montana Mint. We want to support cool Montana brands, uh, so we stay at the Hotel Finland. We don't stay at the Holiday Inn. We stay at the Hotel and Finland. You know what else? You know what else is awesome about the Hotel Finland? Ooh, let's hear it. How easy it is to book your room? All you have oh to God. do is type in f i n l e n dot com. That's Finland dot com. You don't even have to put the http colon slash 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 nope. s. Just f i n l e n dot com to go there, book your room. You will not regret it, and tell them that Montana Mint sent you. They're just amazing people over there. So stay there at the Finland. Do it on your phone, do it on your laptop, and just stay at the Hotel Finland for the love of God. Um, <laughs> all right. We are now moving on to the playoffs. We kind of touched on this, but the Grizz, the Bobcats, are still alive in the playoffs. We know in, out team of the Big more than Sky, others. We know out of the Big Sky that there are three teams that are likely in. Oh, they're locks. 
We know that Eastern Washington, UC Davis, in, in, Weber State, in, six and one in the conference, eight and two overall. They may not get the auto bid. One of those teams will get the auto, I think auto bid for get winning the, auto the conference, bid. but yeah. one of them will get in automatically. The other two should get in just based on their record. And then below them are three teams. It's Idaho State, which is playing Weber State this weekend. Loss. Uh, then Montana and Montana State. They're one game behind Idaho State. So assume that Idaho kind State. Of. Assume that Idaho State loses to Weber State. Yep. The winner of the Montana Montana State game tied conference record. They would have a better overall record. So you would think that they would leapfrog Idaho State to get into the playoffs. Um, seven and four overall is not a guarantee, but, as the Grizz found out last year. But yep. It, it's pretty good. So we think that Montana State is in if they win. Yep. Okay, we agree with that? Correct. Okay. When it comes to the Grizz, they're going to need some help. Uh, we know kind of the top teams that are making the playoffs. I tried to ask Greg Haley, and he yelled at me on Twitter. <laughs> he said did. that I should do. And then someone commented that I should do my own research. So I think that was uh, sarcasm. Super, super helpful on Greg's part. But um, if you are looking at who, what games you should be rooting for or rooting against as a Grizz fan, it is first and foremost, you should be rooting against Idaho State against Weber. Then North Dakota, who is not a Big Sky Conference team, but who has a similar record overall, uh, they are four and three in Big Sky against Big Sky opponents. And they're play, playing Northern Arizona. So you should be rooting for Northern, Northern Arizona to knock North Dakota down a little bit. Then we look at these weird schools that no one ever cares about. So bear with me as I go through them. <laughs> bear Tycoon. Yeah, Bear Tycoon with me. But basically, there's 12 teams that can make it uh, outside of the auto bids, who we kind of know, which are the teams we talked about. And here's are the games that matter. We want Albany to beat Stony Brook. We want Presbyterian to beat Wofford. There's a game against between Elon and Maine, which they're kind of similarly ranked and similar record. We want uh, James Madison, who has an auto bid, to beat Towson. We want Villanova to beat Delaware. Southeast Louisiana to beat Nichols State. Lamar to beat McNeese State. Eastern Illinois to beat Southeast Missouri State. And if that happens and the Grizz win, they're kind of in because those teams are all ranked above them. Now there's some teams below them that we should be concerned about. Um, but that's a little... Uh, I've already given you about 10 games to root for. Uh, 10 games to, to be following. That's a lot. So let's just focus on those 10. Nate, do you have any other games that you're worried about? Well, I'm not worried about it, but even if Idaho State wins that game against Weber, they will go to 7-4, and four, but one of those wins is against Western someone or other, uh, Western State Colorado Mountain something, um, which drops them down to only six FCS wins, 
six Division One wins, which may keep them out even if they win against Weber State. And that's, I think, the biggest tiebreaker between uh, why Montana State would get in if they win this game, and even if Idaho State beats Weber, how they wouldn't get in because they only have six Division One wins. Montana State would have seven Division One wins, which I think the committee would look at. Right, one of those was against Wagner, which is barely a Division One win. But, but. Uh, it's a lot better than Western Colorado Mines Mountain School. Interesting thing. So we we both played Western Illinois, um, who right now is not ranked, not really threatening to make it into the playoffs, but they are playing Indiana State this weekend, and there's reports out that the Westboro Baptist Church is going to to boycott the game because one of the players, I'm not sure on which roster, is gay. Um, but apparently that's still a thing. So the Westboro wow. Baptist Church is still going strong, still cares about homosexuals playing football. Um, so uh, I, I hope both teams win. Can both teams <laughs> win a game? No, we already went through that, that both teams also cannot lose a game. So that's really weird how we came full circle on that. Yeah. I'll root for uh, both teams to win. There you go. That's not <laughs> so that's, so that's the playoff picture. Yeah, so I mean, the short answer is the Grizz need to win. And if you're looking just at the big sky, you really want Weber State to win, which they should do. And you really want Northern Arizona to beat North Dakota. And that would be an upset. Um, But if those two things happen with a Grizz win their resume is bolstered quite a bit. And I think, I think as a Grizz fan, you want Sac State to beat uh, UC Davis because that helps your strength of schedule. I believe. Yeah, that's going to I think that helps, actually. Cute. I think is that it? the right. strength of schedule is... The, the Cat and Grizz strength of schedule, when you look at this, the current Sagarin ratings for all of their opponents, is somewhat on par. I think the the average for the Bobcats is about 140 and the Grizz is like 168. So it makes a difference though. It makes a difference, but it's like at this point you have to win and you have to you have to have a better record. If you're looking at other teams that have better records than you but like you know, better or worse strength of schedule, I just don't think it matters that much. When everybody's 7 and 4, you're going to want Sac State to beat Davis and when they upset them, you're going to be happy. But wouldn't It'd be better for the Grizz if Sac State lost? No, because that would mean that Sac State was a better team than what every... I mean, it, it helps Sac State, and that Sac makes State's them a better... Sac 0-6. I know, but Don't we want UC their... Davis to be 7-1 and one and have our one, one of our losses coming against the, the division winner, UC Davis? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe it works. I don't know which favorite works. Because if Sacramento State beats Davis, then that means you guys beat a team that could beat a team like that. I don't know. Screw it. Cats just need to win. That's all I care about. Yeah. Ready really, that's what it comes <laughs> down to. And it's possible that that neither the Cats or the Grizz make the playoffs. That exactly. is a real possibility. If the Grizz so win, it may just that's come a possibility. Down to, it may just come down to uh, absolute chaos pride again. at the end yeah. of this game. Yeah. As it has been the last couple of years. But, um, so we're, we're talking about Cat Grizz and how big it is. We want to get into our top five Cat Grizz moments as chosen by ourselves. So there's a little bit of a, um, what do you call that when you're biased towards things that happened recently? Recency bias? That's what it is, recency bias. So <laughs> thank you. You bet. Um, so I'm going to let you go first. What's your top, what's your number five moment? Ooh, uh, I would say when, I forget if it was Tyler Bleskin or Trevor Bleskin or Tanner Bleskin for the Bobcats had seven interceptions. 
in uh, the three quarters that he played against the Grizz. Wow. That was he the, went, like, wow. That's just he mean. Had, he had more interceptions than he had completions. And we posted something on the Mint. This was early days of the Mint. I think this was like 2014. Um, was it Jake Bleskin? Jake Bleskin. Yeah. Um, and he was Jake a great Falls kid. He was, yeah. yeah. Is. But we... <laughs> We posted something because he was a like general studies major, and it was like, well, at least Jake can uh, fall back on his general studies degree, and we've never got gotten more hate mail than we did with that post. Yeah. Like, literally, like, people were, because people are pretty drunk because it was at the end of a Bobcat Chris game, uh, but we got major, major hate mail, yeah. um, which made me rethink this entire endeavor that we've created. Yeah, well... I'm going to go with my number five was 2012 field goal by Roy Perez with 2.32 left in the game. Clinched it for the Cats. Uh, the Grizz first losing season since 1986. I was at Washington Grizzly Stadium for that. I had my Bobcat starter jacket on. I was jacked up. Had a great week uh, weekend after that. So 2012, the field goal. Put them up two scores. Clinched the win. Grizz first losing season since 86. Hmm. Well, I'll go with, uh, we kind of talked about this earlier in the pod, so I won't hammer on it, but in 2015 when the Grizz just shit-canned the, the Bobcats, 54-35, that was a lot of fun. Got Ash fired. Um, my number four is in 2005, Lule won his third Cat Grizz game in his four years there, uh, so he went down as a legend for sure there by getting that three out of four. I remember it was a super, super muddy game. The tailgates were crazy. It was before they paved uh, the tailgate space. I remember like people were wrestling in the mud. And it was it was nuts, but it was a fun memory. 2005, I was a junior at Montana State. Okay, I think you might have been a sophomore, but I think that no, we were freshmen in three. Yeah, yeah, we were freshmen in three, sophomores in four, juniors in five. So you, all right, so you were a junior. Yeah, I was on time. I took two senior years, one junior year. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I was a, I was a redshirt senior. All right, I'll go with then, God, there's so many to, to, to choose from. So I'll go, this is a double. Well, actually, oh, wow. no, for number three, I'll go uh, 94. Uh, the Grizz, again, this was in the middle of the, the giant streak that they had, but dominated the Bobcats. Uh, 55, 20, uh, I was at the game. I was 10 years old with my dad. Uh, ton of fun. It was great to see the Grizz win. I didn't really understand what was happening, but I was super happy to see it. <laughs> but after the game, I got a poster of uh, the Energizer Bunny wearing a Grizz uniform. Oh. And it was like, you know, he, they keep winning, 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 because they at that point, I yeah. think, won nine in a row. A few. Um, which will then get to my next point. Um, so go on with your... That'd be pretty cool, answer. actually, that I still have that if you had that Energizer Bunny in the Grizz shirt. So my oh, number three... Oh, nice. Uh, my number three is the fourth down play two years ago at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Uh, Murray came in as a freshman. Fourth down play, sealed the game, fourth and one, threw it to Connor Sullivan, who went down at like the five. They kneeled the ball out and won that game in 16. It was unbelievable at Washington Grizzly Stadium seeing everybody filing out after that. I couldn't wa I watched the play, but could barely, I couldn't sit down. I was in the concourse and I would come back and look at every play and then go back to the concourse and pace and come back. Um, another one, really quick one, in that game was Murray flipping into the end zone in the first half. So 2016 was an awesome, awesome uh, Cat Grizz game uh, in Missoula. Yep, it's cool to see all your uh, good moments happening super recently. The I have a 5, a 12, and a 16 so far. My next one, I would say, would be 2001 because this was the last year. So I went from being in like third or fourth grade getting that Energizer Bunny poster 
to being in high school in 2001. Uh, the Grizz beat the Cats in Bozeman. I watched this game on TV, 38-27. But on that same poster, there was little gravestones for every of the Bobcats' losses. And oh, nice. me and my dad would cut out gravestones and put them on the poster for the 10 seasons. I guess eight seasons after the, the poster was originally created. So, well, then you had to stop um, for a couple of years. The last one was 2001, so. which was awesome. Sorry we stole that tradition from you and your dad in 2002. Yep. Um, which actually, amazing segue that we didn't plan. Number two, Lule ending the streak in 2002. I was a senior at Billings Central, watched the game, could not believe that the streak was over. A 10-7 win in Missoula, and Travis Lule finally ended that damn streak. Ooh, I was at that game. I was at that game. Uh, it was so cold. The stadium was probably only like 75 to 80% filled because it was so cold. Everybody just stayed at the tailgates at halftime. And people just couldn't believe that they were losing. Um, it was devastating. Uh, only to be over uh, overshadowed later in the night when uh, my cousin, who I was staying with, uh, got super drunk and got caught. We got caught by his parents sneaking back into his house later that night. But uh, my top Grizz Bobcat moment was this should be a no brainer for any Grizz fans. But the Dickinson year, the championship year in '95, the team was so stacked. One loss going into Bobcat Grizz game uh, at Washington State was their only loss. And they just, again, this was in the middle of the streak. They just shit canned the Bobcats. I think the final score. What's that? 42-33. 42-33. If you watch the game, you're, you're There's probably, a lot of their shit cannings. You're probably too busy playing Nintendo, but they, they, they dominated that game. And you knew that they were going to the playoffs. The playoffs were a little different back then. It was like the Grizz are making the playoffs for sure. They got to get this win. They did it. Then they dominated the playoffs and they won the national championship. So yeah. that kind of just kicked off this like five-game streak where we watched the game over at my uncle's house. Um for them to win the championship over Marshall. The Cats were a nice, easy warm-up game for that. Yeah. 95, I was actually still celebrating the Braves' uh, World Series win. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my number one, and it's more uh, one of my favorite in-person memories I can ever imagine at a sporting event, was Corey Smith returning the opening touchdown or opening kick for a touchdown in 2003. I was a freshman at Montana State. It was cold as hell. Uh, we were up in, the, up in the old student section on the uh, east side, right? Yeah. Um, west side, whatever the hell it is. Um, Corey Smith fields the kick. Here's the audio. Chris Snyder, an outstanding kicker. He is the second all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference. He'll put a foot into it, we're underway. That ball is going to bounce past Ryan Elliott, picked up at the 10-yard line by Smith. The 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. He's at the 45, he's at the 50. He's down the sideline to the 20, to the 10. He'll walk into the end zone. This place is off the hook. I've never seen a stadium more rocking like that. It was even before the expansion. Uh, I actually worked with Corey Smith at FedEx Ground in Bozeman a couple years after that, and I told him how much I loved that, and he was like, yeah, it was Whoa, not cool. to brag. Not to brag. Corey Smith, name dropping. But that was an amazing, an amazing uh, return. They ended up winning that game. Uh, it was Travis Lule's second in a row after that long streak. Uh, they won 27 to 20, but that opening kick set the tone. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was pandemonium in Bobcat Stadium. And that'll always, well, not always, but right now, and it has been for the last 15 years, my number one Cat Grizz memory. 
Awesome, man. So next week we're going to do kind of grading everyone in the big sky, give out awards. But I just want to leave I have my own audio to plug in that I will plug in right now of why I'm happy to be a Grizz fan. And it's because we never produced a piece of shit like this Blue Bobcat Cup song. Oh, fuck. Let's see. Blue Bobcat Cup, you're the greatest invention. We all sit from you with the highest intention. You help us take football to a whole new dimension. But sometimes we just get drunk. Now we really like the way you look in the stands. When Bobcat fans hold you up in their hands. And we know our Grizzly friends just won't understand. But frankly, they could kiss our ash. Blue Bobcat Cup. Let's get fired up and have a party. Yeah, that is easily the most embarrassing Ooh, super thing. Super cool. Can, super cool song. You could take, you could take the streak. And you could take that song and that'll still be a more embarrassing than anything else in Montana State history. Super so, cool song. Thanks to uh, the jerks who started that. Yep. Nice work, guys. So, yeah. So we are starting to wind down here. Our adrenaline is still sky high, but you only have so much to listen to. So let's get to our watches. We're going to start with the Stamps watch. Ooh, Stamps. So, um, you know... Producer Jerry really screwed up our pod last week. We recorded. Uh, we were going to tell you all about uh, Calgary beating British Columbia in week 21 of the Canadian Football League season to get their bye in the Grey Cup playoffs. So they beat BC a couple weeks ago. They got that bye, and now we are in the Eastern Final on November 18th. So we get Cat Grizz this weekend on the 17th, and then on Sunday, Winnipeg at Calgary. I'm, Don't even get I'm me started almost, on Winnipeg. I know. Like, I'm going to get the adrenaline rush for Cat Grizz, the come down, and then immediately wake up Sunday morning and get the adrenaline rush for Calgary again. Winnipeg upset Calgary back on <coughs> week 20, 29 to 21. They weren't supposed to win that game, and now they meet again. We're going to exact revenge on Winnipeg. So we're in the playoffs. We're in the semifinals, dog. Oh, my God. So We're in the Western Finals. Win this great cup. Right? The 25th, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I can't yeah. wait. Okay. No, I know. It's so we got Calgary, Winnipeg, our boy Alex Singleton trying to get back to, I believe it's their third straight Grey Cup. Dave Dickinson. They're going to win this one. Oh, yeah, Dave, your boy Dave, my boy Alex. And uh, we'll try and catch up with them if they win this, when they win this game on Sunday. Uh, see if they had any kind of bet for the Cat Grizz game and then also talk to them about the Grey Cup. That's not a promise. I have never ran that by um, Alex at all, but nope. maybe we can do it. We're in. Count on it. We're in. That's so a G let's chain. Go stamps. That's a G chain. We're getting Alex. Uh, before we get to our next watch, I just want to give a quick rundown of Grizz possessions over the past two games. So we talked a lot about earlier in the pod about weaknesses. The Grizz' biggest weakness, I think, in their three-game losing streak was making dumb mistakes, turning the ball over when they shouldn't. I'm going to run through their possessions. Past two games. You ready? Nate? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Okay, good. I thought that was rhetorical. Nope. As a question to you, okay. their possessions, touchdown, 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 punt, field goal, touchdown, missed field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown, 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 punt, punt, touchdown, 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 punt, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, field goal, end of game. Uh, no turnovers in that time. The Grizz have figured it out. I feel pretty good. I think I said 34-31. I'm going to modify that 42 24 final with the Grizz now we're moving on to Osweiler watch our favorite Brock Osweiler watch the biggest Brock Osweiler podcast in the country our boy Brock Nate our boy started five games in a row 
Ooh. We never thought this was going to happen. No, this is, this is so great. Um, he has huge wins over the Super Bowl-bound Chicago Bears, uh, the AFC Championship-bound New York Jets, and then tough losses against the Lions, the Texans, and the Green Bay Packers. But in that Packers game, holy moly, they're playing the top dog in terms of quarterbacks over the past few years, Aaron Rodgers, who only had 199 yards passing, Brock Osweiler, 213. So who, who's, on fire. who's the new GOAT? Who's the new greatest of all time? I don't think it's new at all. It's Brock. I think he's always been the GOAT. It is Brock, baby. It's Brock. And Brock is back big time. Huge. He's the best. <sighs> he's the best. He's the, he is the GOAT. So uh, who would have thought that we'd get to this week and he'd already started five games this year? No, we have to keep the podcast going through the playoffs probably. Through the Super Bowl. Probably. Just to track Brock. Yes. <laughs> so... That's our watches. That's our that's our podcast heading into Cat Grizz. I don't think that there's any kind of recording that can actually um, accurately capture the excitement that we're feeling for Cat Grizz. That everybody out there who would ever listen to this podcast is feeling because it's not like we have any casual listeners who are just going through the Apple Play Store, Google Play Store, whatever it's called, and like we're like oh, I want to try and listen to these guys. I don't really get what they're talking about. So I think everybody shares in the excitement that we're having going into this weekend. Um, and we are resurrecting the bet from last year. Yes. So the loser um, between Rory or between Bear Tycoon and me. Good catch. Um, thanks. Uh, between Bear Tycoon and me, we'll have to sing the other team's fight song, much like uh, Bear Tycoon did last year when Montana State beat the Grizz. So... Tune in next week for that, and so, I can't wait for him sorry, to hear him Sorry, Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs, you will not be playing us in. It'll be Nate singing the Grizz fight song. The beginning and of we next already podcast. Have, we, already, we already have Bear Tycoon's version from last year. I may make him do it again, or I may like try and get somebody to remix it. Like maybe <laughs> maybe mash it up with a different song if we can find the beats per minute that are equal. So perfect. Um, yeah, we're super excited. I know everybody out there listening to this is super excited. We'll be back next week to kind of recap everything. Hopefully, be talking about Montana State going to the playoffs, but. Uh, it's been one hell of a regular season. Yeah, we've had a ton of fun. Thanks to everyone who's listened. Our, you know, we started this thing a couple of years ago, and we thought no one would listen. And now we have almost 1,000 listeners for, per podcast, which is a ton of fun. Uh, big shout-out to the Grizz Fan Podcast, what those guys are doing on this same feed, just with Grizz specifically. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Luke, Mike, and Brent are doing a very good job. Uh, so if you're a Grizz fan, check that out. If you're a Cat fan, if you want to rage hate against something, check that out. Also check out the Montana Middle, our poli- the Montana Mint's Politics podcast, which is if you're into that, uh, super long form interviews with like every single major political figure in Montana. If you're into that, don't rage hate against politics on our behalf. But if you want to listen to some cool interviews with Corey Stapleton, Greg Gianforte, Matt Rosendale, Kathleen Williams, all the major players, check that out. Uh, it's a one of kind. Uh, experience in the state and other than that I can't wait for Saturday I can't wait to text throughout the game and I can't wait for the Grizz to win all right and uh, I'm super excited go cats and also remember go to kickstart get kickstarter and go fund help fund Laney Lou and the bird dogs on their first album five dollars helps a dollar helps ten dollars helps they are an awesome band a hell yeah based band Laney Lou and the bird dogs are awesome go go and the fund the is, shit out of their venture what, so it's a kickstarter so if you're going to download their album anyways when it's out, 
just go pay for it now. It's like 30 bucks. You get a and t-shirt. Get a hat and get a shirt. Yeah, you get a yeah. t-shirt, you get a hat, you get a digital download. Just go do it now. Give them some cash. Let's get them in the studio. They are the best. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And we cannot wait for this weekend's Cat Grizz game. Go Cats. And we will see you next week. Go Grizz. Bye.